And we are back with another edition of the Daily Dots. And uh, joining me today, as always, is Brain Trust, Mr. Chase Taylor. Chase, how are we doing? We are doing good. All right. No, I'm just it's Turkey Week. Yeah, and you're and it, it's you're already annoying me. The way, reason you're doing good is because the Browns pulled it out. And I had to sit there and watch an abysmal classic Seattle Seahawks performance yesterday. Yeah, that was rough. <clears throat> we beat our two biggest rivals back to back weeks. It was nice. Once again, yeah. Thank you. Way, yeah. way to way to stick that right in my face. <laughs> hey, well, you you guys beat the Browns, so you get that. Yeah, yeah. Well. With our XFL quarterback, I might add, but yep, there it goes. Hits just keep on coming, don't they? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's all right. We had a we had a big win uh, for my buddy's high school football team on Friday night. So that that was truthfully the game that I was the most concerned about all week, and they took care of business. And this is why people log on is to hear high school and NFL recaps. Uh, anyway, just more rally on, man. You know uh, it. Uh, what are your thoughts on today? I mean, we, let's let's give a recap of the uh, <clears throat> indexes here. We had Nasdaq, of course, leading the way because why not? It is Monday after all. Um, Nasdaq was up 159 points, up 1.13 percent. That is not a new high on the year, but the Qs made a new high on the year, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and like you and I were talking about, it just feels different this time than the last couple of times we've been at these levels. And and one of the reasons it feels different to me is um, we've already seen earnings deceleration for a lot of these companies. We've already seen Apple's four quarters in a row. Um, and this is when the queues are breaking out. And and I think you kind of you, – based on that action, I just – I think that you have to have – I don't know. You got to have an eye out for this whole melt-up scenario just because – you know, he's like, oh, it's so expensive. And you're looking at him going, where have you been? <laughs> right? Like, <clears throat> you welcome, know. Welcome to the party. Yeah, discount uh, discount um, uh, metrics are, you know, right? the discount mechanism is higher or discount rate is higher. Um, it, it, it feels to me like you could be on the – now, I'm not saying by year's end or anything, but it kind of feels to me like and, – and we're talking about feel here, talking about anecdotal – just when you see markets just not care about bad earnings and decelerating growth rates and fundamentals, kind of feels to me like you could have a setup over the next six to 12 months. Potential, well, I don't think that long, who knows, but, but uh, maybe like a 99 scenario in the NASDAQ, you know, where over a 16 month period of time, the NASDAQ could double. That, that is always possible. That, that I will say, do I, I don't think that's probable, especially with the economy slowing down and stuff, but, uh, but it's always possible, like just full stop. And because you're getting right, up, right tail hedges are important for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're getting up into a point now where, I mean, hedge funds still have not really participated in this move. Yeah. CTAs, I think are like maybe 60, 70% back, something like that. So they're still buying. As we talked about this morning, these buy right ETFs have become like a powerful new, a new source of buying at times. So like, what is the story behind the buy right ETFs? I, 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 I've heard the term. I know generally what they do. But when, when did these pop up? What's the story? Who's pushing them? So I think this past year uh, is, really, is really when this kind of took off. Um, the, the original one is, I think, older than that. I, I can't remember. I want to say um, it's BlackRock or Blackstone. I always, I always get those two confused, but... The, the one that does all the ETFs, they they had a big one. And next thing you knew, it had like over $50 billion in it. So naturally, every other investment bank was like, cool, we got to make one of those. 
So you're having a, a situation where anyone that makes ETFs is making their own right now. And all they do is basically own underlying and then sell puts against them to add a little premium juice to it. Uh, but at the end of the day, because of that, you know, and every time this thing rolls over, they got to go out and buy a bunch more equity. Um, they tend to, when the market's going up, you know, just print money on the option selling part of it. And when you're on the way up, it's just more, it's just, it just makes the snowball that much bigger and more powerful. But naturally someday on the flip side of that, you're going to, it's just going to be that much more selling um, that happens on the downside, which really to me is just another layer of market fragility that at some point is going to be, you know, a problem. But in the meantime, you know, until then, God, you got it's just another thing buying. God, you got a lot of layers of that kind of stuff. Man. And I, I admit to largely ha- being, I, I was kind of like ignoring it. And then Ke- our buddy Kevin Muir wrote a piece um, here recently where he mentioned that the, the main, the big ETF had, it did seven and a half billion in buying in, in one day. And that's when I kind of yeah, stood up in my chair and was like, no, wait a second. Okay. Like, that's on par with, you know, the flows you can get from uh, uh, vol targeting or CTAs, things yeah, like that. What so kind of like, turnover do you see? We, I mean, that's a massive percentage of un- that's of enough daily to, that, volume. It's, it's enough to literally move the market. That, yeah. That's all that matters to me. If it's enough to move well, the market itself, it's big. It's also it, it it it's moving the market in two ways at one time, right? Because you're selling vol, literally, and then you're buying those companies. And at it, the and same it, time, so and, it's like, and, and interestingly, they're not at the same time. It waits a day to put 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 the equity back on. So it it cre- kind of creates these interesting like <clears throat> gaps between two days. Eventually, eventually, like I know, well, I'll say eventually. I'm sure all the smartest people have already figured out how to like, kind of arb that. But oh yeah, like so, seeing one act the other way, and then know that this next leg is coming. The next right, day or yeah. Like as long that. as as long as the market itself is quiet, you know that this whale is going to come in and do a bunch of buying on a certain day. It's it's interesting to me that those have really caught in a lot of wind this year. Meaning, um, and this is what I was saying, and 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 I, you know, there was a part of me that, you know, for instance, coming into this year, our, I, you know, I think we've been pretty clear about what our macro outlook was, but we were not short coming into this year. Thank God, we had hedges, which killed us. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> On a relative basis, but we were not net short. We were not expecting. Um, and, 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 and one of the reasons that I wasn't is, is a, we thought the leg effects would be, <clears throat> you know, an issue and all that other kind of stuff. We also thought the weaknesses show up sooner, but um, I don't know. It, 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 it's surprising and yet not to see this happening. Right. Like I, I, I kept thinking, this year that it didn't seem like it had gotten crazy enough. You're, I, you know what I mean? It just, it felt like maybe like, I remember sitting there, I, I wanted to be short coming into this year. Yeah. You know, I, I, we thought interest rates were going to continue going up. I mean, literally all of the things that drove stocks down last year continued on into this year. Right. Like, and the market just said, yeah, we don't care anymore. And I just, it, 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 it isn't, is it, is it intellectual, is it intellectually exasperating? Yes. But I, I, I can't say I'm overall surprised. Like, <clears throat> you know, like you and I had talked about this anecdotally for years that when this thing ends, it's going to end in a very non-traditional way, right? Like, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's going to have the mother of all bear market rallies, which I think we're still effectively in. Um, 
it's going to suck in the maximum amount of people. You know, it's just it's the biggest, longest bull market in history, and it's not going to die easy. Which you could, I mean, you could say like it it did suck in the maximum number of people because you come into twenty twenty three, everyone was bearish and short, and here we are. Like whenever you saw like everyone agreeing on it and everyone positioned for it, that that was really the clue. No, did I take advantage of that clue? No, but point point being. Uh, when everyone's on one side of the boat, like even if that side of the boat just seems like it's right, it probably isn't. Well, it it was right fundamentally. <laughs> yeah, but but it all that got priced in twenty, you know, in in twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, but what is what's getting, Yeah, but what's getting priced now? Right, I think I think you kind of very likely have the opposite, where going into next year, everyone's going to be long, and all the Wall Street strategists are going to be talking about you know S and P five thousand and no recession and like so you're going to get kind of the opposite situation where everyone's on the other side of the boat when does this when does the market keep going up when when do we see that we'll, well this is an interesting topic and we could probably have a debate with a lot of professional you know pretty well known professional people about this but my belief and my feeling is is that if this market keeps rallying you're going to st- you're going to start seeing it reflected in the pickup in CPI I would think in yeah. CPI well maybe not CPI I guess CPI no, but there is a link, right? Financial conditions yeah. putting pressure on the Fed. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know there's not a direct feedback loop from the stock market to CPI. I know there's on input, but it you it's know. good for the economy whenever the wealth effect. Is, well, and it's it's it's, it's good for retail sales. It's good for you know things like that. I I don't know that we, it matters right now. I meaning that I think the people that are feeling pressure, I don't think it matters to them at all if the Nasdaq's up another ten or fifteen percent. You know the average consumer. Right? I I just, I just don't think that matters. Right. This yeah. This kind of goes back to all the other bifurcations of people under forty and over forty, and people you know that make a bunch of money and people that don't. The whole the whole nine yards. That the average person in their thirties um, probably doesn't care. But yeah, you know that baby boomer that's doing great. You know, seeing their stock portfolio up another twenty percent. Like yeah, they might go on another on yet another cruise or <clears throat> another yeah. another trip to Martha's Vineyard or something. Yeah. They certainly, they certainly well could. Um, that's why it's just amazing. I just, you know, and one of the things I keep thinking about and, and um, I just, I think, I think passive, not to, not to sit there and, and parrot Mike Green constantly, because everybody knows he's talked about it enough and certainly talked about it even on our show in, in much greater detail than I, than I'm able to. <clears throat> um but man, I, I just see that, I, I see that impact over and over and over. You know what I mean? Like to go to your point about the way everybody was positioned. And I do think this is something structurally different about, no, I, I know it's something structurally different about the market than it's ever been from the past is that like, there's this element when everybody, even though I think people were, you know, I, I think people that were short going into the year, I'll continue to say it. I was not net short. I think people that were, I think fundamentally they made the right call. Um, it just the market doesn't care about fundamentals <laughs> right now. And I think the reason is, Chase, and you probably know more about this, so feel free to disagree. But the 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 average money manager, right? And certainly the active manager is managing so much smaller of a percentage of assets floating around the market than at any time before. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? And so they're the marginal buyer and seller, right? Yeah, the the amount of the amount of of trading that is done based on anything fundamental, uh, whether that's macro fundamentals or uh, company fundamentals, it's just it's just really small. There's just there's no two ways about that. And then that can dominate for a period of time, but once that selling is exhausted, 
The market doesn't sit there and look to see where it's going to go. Those passive flows start dominating again, and you just keep going up every day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it 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 is dominant outside. Uh, and the crazy thing is, you know, it, when it's not passive, so much of the other flows are systematic. So you either have passive or systematic. You can argue, you know, they're, they're kind of the same thing in some ways. But um, so whether it's 401ks, IRAs, or you know, these CTAs, vol control, buy right ETFs. Like it, 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 it's all just buying on, you know, an algorithm and on the calendar and has nothing to do with the price earnings ratio of anything, nothing to do with interest rates, nothing to do with growth, nothing to do with unemployment, none of it. Like I, it, I, it takes huge inflections in those things to change the underlying system. Huge. I, I, I continue is, and again, yeah, I think everybody listens to this knows where I'm at on a fundamental basis, but I, I continue to sit there and say, I, I, I still don't think that our macro calls are wrong, but I would not be, I would not be at all surprised to see a legitimate recession materialize next year and for the stock market to go up. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely on the table. And anyone that thinks it's not on the table to me is, is lying to themselves or at least not being uh, open-minded or curious enough. Yeah, I just well, and I especially well. Well, I would, I would normally say especially like the Mag- magnificent seven in that case, but they are the market. We may be so so awkward now that I, I could even see a situation where the, you have a recession and you get you you get hit even in Mag Seven, but then a lot of small caps and things like that just go on a rampage that kind of holds the whole thing up. That'd be weird. It shouldn't happen that way, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I and I just. It, it really is incredible to watch because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of factors in play. Like we've talked about, you know, anytime anybody says they got the silver bullet, they don't, right? It's always a hundred percent. It's always, you know, this, this, you know, multiple, multiple factors coming to a head and, and there's always more than one, you know, than one thing going on. But, uh, in this environment is really interesting just because, not only do you have the passive flows, but as passive flows dominate, it, you know, for instance, one of my favorite things to do, and it's always from the same characters, right? It's always from the usual suspects. One of my favorite things to do is listen to the Jim Cramers of the world, do their mental gymnastics and try to talk up the strength of the economy because they are so, they so worship at the church of the all seeing market. And of course, the more, of course the economy is going to do better next year. Look at the market. It's telling you that, right? They believe this stuff, right? Like they believe it. And uh, despite being showed over and over and over again, that when you, as a fundamental gauge, I think this is probably the dumbest stock market you've ever had. And, and I don't mean that in a uh, pejorative way. I mean, when you look at the structure, when you look at all the feedback loops and stuff that exactly. we're talking about, this market is not built to reflect actual value. Yeah, there, I mean, the reality is it, there's no. We've reached a point where there's no point in even viewing it that way. Right. I, you know, it, right. If that hasn't been dispelled at this point, then there's nothing. Nothing's going to convince you. The market is still a weighing machine, but it, but uh, it, all it's weighing is flows. Right. Right. Well, and we made it. I, do, That's not to say that fundamentals will never reassert themselves. They will. It just takes. So much more. Like fundamentals have to be a shock in order to weigh on the market. And I don't. I don't. They didn't have to be in the past. And I don't even think they can do it for a prolonged period of time. I, I'm starting to believe. And to your credit, you've said this for a long time. And and I've always I've always believed it. 
but it's becoming more and more important to me as we go forward. Meaning I'm really starting to be convinced that there's a magic number on the unemployment number where, where enough people quit working and are not putting money in their 401k every single week. And you combine that with forced selling from boomers that are in retirement. And there's a tipping point. I just don't know where that is. Yeah. None of us do, but I, I do definitely think, I definitely think there is a tipping point out there. It's because it's all about flows, but I was getting back to something you've argued about for a long time and, or well, there's that, but do you remember conversations that you and I had back as early as 2017, 2018, where we were saying, and it's funny, we were thinking that then because we were onto something and, and I didn't realize how right it was, but you know, it's several different things. It's the passive, right? It's the passive craze that's hit passive domination. That's hit uh, 0% rates quantitative easing. Anyway, all these things that markets have officially turned into liquidity gauges, right? What they're telling you is what financial conditions are and how much liquidity is out there. I, I, you look at the current structure and you were talking about these, these feedback loops that we have, right? It's not, none of it's based on fundamentals, right? Like Mike Green says, it's the most passive is the most, it's the most simple and stupid algorithm out there. I give you money by, I ask for money back, sell, right? Um, but what is that? It's just a feedback loop. Same with the buy right ETFs. Yeah, for sure. At some point, the reflexivity of this is going to kick in. And I just don't know what that would be outside of higher unemployment. Yeah, the only, the one other thing, in it, but it has to get, it's already like at the highest in, in years and years, but it would have to go much, much higher. And that's the hardship um, distributions where people are taking money out of, you know, 401ks, IRAs for hardship reasons. And those, that, another to me another sign that that things aren't as good as people think is those numbers are really high this year um but but that would that number would have to be a the flows have to slow down from unemployment and probably unemployment has to be i would say well north of five percent at least five and a half something like that to really trip trip those flows the number i had in my head and i have not done or or be concentrated in white collar jobs one of the two yeah i was thinking six to six and a half yeah i i think you have to get up there to to notice it but let's say you get to five five and a half and it's just so bad out there for whatever reason that a lot of people are just really tapping the hardship or just being like whatever i'll pay the penalty just give me like give me the money i need i need to buy xyz so just give me give me my 401k money i'm gonna i'm gonna take it out if if you had a wave of that, 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 that could, that could be a problem. You know, that, and this is me crying in my soup a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, one of the, I, I think one of the toughest parts about this is, and please, you know, if you're one of those people, like, that's why you can't beat the market. You're not, nobody's not, not beating the market. Nobody's investing in the market. Everybody's triple Q, whether they know it or not. Right. If you if you own the Qs, that's what you're in. If you own the S and P, that's what you're in. Right. I mean, like it 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 knowing this and talking about this, it really makes being a fiduciary in this environment really tough. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely does. You know, I it, it, and and part of me now, I I wouldn't want to be their clients, and I wouldn't want to be them at some point in the future that I don't think is too far off which could be wrong, but I just, it feels like to me, like we're, we're entering a period of time of peak lunacy here as far as markets go, but you know, certainly could be wrong. But um, yeah, I just, I, 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 they're going to eat it, but man, unless you're one of those guys that's preaching the efficient market and Mr. Market, and that's why we stay longer SP 500 ETF. 
And even if you're one of those guys, right? If you just look at valuations and then, you know, 10 year follow through performance based on where you're at in valuations, um, I, it's really hard to be a, a prudent manager or fiduciary of people's money and think that they should still have full tilt exposure to equities here. I mean, right. And I mean, yet, it, and yet it, I think they're still going to go higher, but that's not investing. It'd be like managing money in the in Japan in the eighties and being like, whatever, like we're just gonna, you know, stay hundred percent long, all these equities. Like that it that would that was the only thing to do in some ways, uh, but also completely irresponsible thing to do. Right, right. And that's the tough part, right? That's where we're at. I mean it's Yeah, like it's, we're, it's objectively dangerous and thus putting client money at too much risk to just be long mag seven. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're not the chances of long periods of really bad underperformance, there's there, that's just looming out there. There's yeah. nothing to do about it. The hardest thing to do is to be uh, a good fiduciary and a competitive person at the same time. So that makes it that much more, uh, challenging for us. Yeah. Well, thank God for the outperformance over the last couple of years, because, you know, we're trailing bad this year, but if you look at it over the last three, we're right in there. Net of fees. We were leading coming into the year by a good number. We're, we're trailing now by a small one over the last three years. But uh, thank God for those outperformances in those periods of times. And um, the, the frustrating thing, I'll tell you, is it's not just you know going against you. It's looking at how many of those companies and things that we own that are doing phenomenal that that have sold off and nobody wants them. Right. That's the that's the other tough part, you know. And you're like, well, that's your opinion. Like, no, I mean, you know, like Sandridge Energy, we. we we got a 21% special dividend from them earlier in the year. Yeah. It's not like, going to move. Offshore oil. So oil is getting hit right now, obviously. but we're And we're not in offshore at the moment. But you think about, I mean, the day rates on that on the offshore stuff just keeps going higher. So, like, their no business is getting better and better. and yeah. then the, But the equity is getting creamed. It, it, yeah, like, it, it's kind of crazy how, how detached this stuff can get. And I think that that's kind of, I mean, at least to me, that's what it seems like it's doing is, is the cues and the magnificent seven are just sucking capital out from every other part. Yeah. It's like a black hole. Yep. And it's just sucking everything out. And that's why you watch these things just trading inverse of the fundamentals. But, um, I also don't see, you know, I wish I would could be one of those Pied Piper and go, well, next Thursday at seven eighteen, this is all going to turn around. I, I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to see, you got, you got to hear the music change, you know, to expect a different dance move. And, and I'm just not. I don't see anything on the immediate horizon. No, but hey, we're studying the music, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, guys. That's about it. Yeah, just another. It's another Monday, so of course markets are up. Oh, S and P was up forty five, forty five, forty seven, up thirty three points, point seven four dollar down again and under the two hundred day. Yep. Uh, none of the indexes have yet broken out to all time highs, but we're closing in on there. Not too far away. In fact, the S and P tested its downtrend line today and closed right on it. So probably going to break that downtrend line uh sometime later this week yeah so here we go upwards and onwards <laughs> to infinity and beyond oh the buzz light your market is back it's so much fun all right well uh continue on this path was we, we haven't really any economic data I, i'm assuming this week's pretty quiet it is pretty quiet. There's there's a few things. Uh, today, all we had was leading economic indicators. Worse than expected, uh, 19 months straight being negative. Um, and it's to the point now where everyone's so making fun of it. So that's why we rallied. Everyone's making fun of it. It doesn't matter anymore. But this is it's so not, wild. Not, I, not at all unprecedented for it to take this long. No, but I, it's amazing to me, though, because I've never been – and again, I haven't, it's, I haven't been doing this job for 40 years, you know, 16, 17. 
I've just never seen that kind of attitude where everybody is sort of laughing at fundamental indicators and just going, oh, who cares? You know, what I mean? no one cares. No, it's true. And like openly mocking it. Yeah, I saw, I saw someone openly mock the leading econ- economic indicators today, and I was like, oh, I'm going and, and not, uh, not that one in memory. Yeah, yeah. And, and not mocking them like, well, maybe I don't know what the guy you saw did, but not mocking them saying they're wrong, just mocking them being like, who cares? Doesn't matter. Right, right. Economics. Just think of where you're at in a market where people are openly sitting there. They're not even trying to justify the fundamentals anymore. They're mocking them. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, just, man, it makes me nervous, though. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, until tomorrow, join us again. We'll be back with another edition of the dots. We're going to keep documenting these crazy times we're living in, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe to KnowYourRiskRadio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.